0: Welcome to B2B Marketers on a Mission, a podcast for change makers where we question the conventional, debunk marketing myths, provide actionable tips, think differently, disrupt industries, and take your marketing to a new level. From improving your campaigns to making you a better marketer, these are the inspirational stories that will help us change the way we think and approach B2B marketing one conversation at a time. This podcast is brought to you by Black Consulting, helping you to stand out in the market and drive revenue to your B2B business. And now your host, Christian Klepp. All right, welcome everyone to this episode of B2B Marketers on a Mission. This is the show where we help you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'm joined by someone on a mission to make LinkedIn finally for you and your B2B business. So coming to us from London, England, Mr. Anthony Leung. Welcome to the show, sir.
1: Hey, Christian. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Pleasure to be connected, Anthony. And sorry, I had to throw in that London, England uh, piece, uh, not to be confused with London, Ontario. Sorry, that's a Canadian thing.
1: <laughs> I get it. I get it. Right. I mean, I'm from Canada, right? So, you know, I, uh, I, I know all about it. But uh, it is it is slightly different, I have to say. Uh, London, Ontario, and London, London, UK.
0: Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, right?
1: <laughs> I think the food's better in, in London, Canada. But don't don't say anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. All right. Well, let's dive in because man, I was thinking about this today before uh, you know jumping on this call. Um, this is either going to be a very informative and insightful conversation or it's going to be one that's uh, laced with a bit of controversy. So um, we'll leave it up to the listeners to decide which one it is. huh?
1: <laughs> a, little, a little controversy never hurt anyone. So let's go. Let's roll the dice. Let's see what Absolutely.
0: happens. Absolutely. All right. Well, okay. So your professional mission has been to make LinkedIn finally work for B2B companies, as I said at the beginning of this conversation. But let's focus on the following topic, right? Because I think this is really, really important how you can start getting engagement on LinkedIn for your content. So let's kick off this conversation with this question. Where do you think B2B marketers fall flat when it comes to engagement on LinkedIn? And most importantly, what should they do about
1: it? Yeah, you know what's funny? I think we've gotten to a place with um, LinkedIn where... Uh, companies will publish content on their channels, you know, companies with like millions of followers um, and they'll publish something and you'll get what, 17 likes. And the, the the impressions will be low and we're all okay with that for some reason. And I think we that's become the status quo. And I think that's that's what I'm kind of going against because I think that's a, such a missed opportunity. We we are settling for low or no engagement with the content. And LinkedIn is a place where it's a platform where it values engagement because the more engaged you are with the content, the more it realizes that this is going to keep the users on the con- on on the platform. So, of course, they're going to spread that content further. So that's why engagement is important, right? So I think that's the first thing we need to to establish is that the likes, the comments, that's not just what so called vanity metrics. It's it's actually what fuels. Your content's impressions. What fuels? Um, uh, uh, how relatable and how meaningful that piece of content is to your audience. So, when you see you know pages with you know large followings and low low engagement, it's like that's such a miss because you're you're spending so much time, so much effort, so much energy into creating this content, and it's and it's not getting engagement. Oh well, it is. You, you look at the engagement. A lot of times, you look at the company page. comes from their staff members, right? And it's like, uh, like, did they, were they forced to engage with the post or, or worse, it's actually just talking to your, your, your own staff members, right? So, and that's not the the content is there for. So let's think about the, like, why it's falling flat. And I think it's, partly because as marketers, we've been conditioned, like how we're educated about marketing, we've been conditioned to think about our brand first and foremost. Nothing wrong with that when you think about advertising and kind of classic um, uh, marketing tactics, but when it comes to social media, LinkedIn in particular, it's very self-serving. When when we're conditioned to put the brand I always go first, and you, we we start off our post with like a bit of bragging, like oh, at, at company X we do blah blah blah, and at company Y we value this, this and that, and it's like that's so boring. It's so. I can't relate to it as a reader. When all of these posts kind of go back to back and and it shows up on our feed, of course, the reader is going to skip it because they know if they just scroll past it, there'll be something else for them. Someone else will have figured out to create content for them. That's interesting. And they, they skip past you. And when LinkedIn clocks on to that, that's when your uh engagement really matters because they they realize no one's engaging with your content, they're gonna pull back on your impressions, and that's that's how it happens. So I think that's that's really yeah. at at the core of it, the, the the problem is that we put ourselves first. And what we need to do is actually flip the script. And um we flip if we flip the script and we start thinking about what's in it for the audience, what's in it for our customers, our prospects, how to be helpful? How to be useful to to our audience? That's going to be um, the game changer for for you and your content and and your impressions and your engagement.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, speaking of um, all these LinkedIn posts that don't get much engagement, the ones I love is like, "Hey, check us out. We're at Collision. You know, drop by our booth and say hi." Real. Right.
1: Yeah, right. I, I like the, the amount of times I've I've been at a booth and somebody ran up to me and go oh thank goodness you posted this on LinkedIn I finally found it. if it wasn't for this post no one has ever said that it's zero no right and over. and right. <laughs> no one ever literally right and it it becomes I think it becomes like almost like a PR exercise where we go oh we just want to show that we're here and it's like well why what a wasted opportunity the opportunity when when moments like that happens is well. You know what, what? What's what's the what's the energy in in the place? What's the connections that you're making as a company or as yourself if you're doing it for yourself? What connections are you making? Um, and what what have you learned? All these things are valuable um, content uh, for for your readers. Not like, hey, I'm at, at booth X, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Hey
0: there, fellow entrepreneurs and B two B marketers. Before we dive back into the conversation let me introduce you to a game changer in the lead generation arena, Lead Feeder. Now, we all know the struggle of identifying those elusive website visitors and turning them into valuable leads. But what if I told you there's a tool that not only promises, but delivers on supercharging your lead generation and sales efforts? Enter Lead Feeder. Imagine having the power to identify companies visiting your website, track their behavior in real time, and seamlessly integrate it all with your CRM. Lead Feeder is not just a tool, it's your secret weapon for efficient and targeted lead engagement. What sets Lead Feeder apart? It's the ability to provide detailed insights into visitor behavior, helping your sales team prioritize efforts and close deals faster. With customizable notifications, lead scoring, and GDPR compliance, Lead Feeder is changing the game. Ready to revolutionize your approach to leads and deals? Then head over to leadfeeder.com for your free demo today. That's L-E-A-D F-E-E-D-E-R.com. Don't miss out on the future of successful lead generation with Leadfeeder. I wanted to go back to something you said earlier because I think it's it, it bears repeating and it's so important. Making content, you know, making it about them. So them being the target audience, the ideal customer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I wonder, in your experience, why does that tend to be overlooked, especially in bigger companies who are posting on LinkedIn? Like, what, why? You know, when you look at their content, you you can tell, like, okay, they're talking about their product. They're probably posting this content because somebody internally told them to. They've got to try to please all these different BUs. It had to be approved by multiple layers, most likely before it went out. I mean, like, why do you think that this is such a? It, it's a recurring problem in B two B.
1: Um, I think you you touched on it. it. It starts from the top. I think that um, yeah. when management gives metrics to their teams, it's, it's calibrated to classic marketing, right? So like, oh, how many leads did we get? How many downloads did we get? How many whatever did we get? And um, and when they sign off the content, that's the mindset that they're in, and so of course you start thinking like, well, I I need to sell this thing, I need to shove this down your throat, <laughs> effectively. Um, and when they when they're writing the content, that's the first thing that comes to mind, and that's the first thing they that's that's what they need is is actually for the company to look good and not to be meaningful to the other side. And the the ironic thing is that. If you flip it and you become more meaningful to your audience, then your brand becomes it begins to shine. Um, but because these metrics and these kind of ways of um, viewing marketing kind of sits on top of how we create content, that really even, that really changes um, uh, the creator's uh, uh, perspective. And I guess th- because the pressure that content comes out that way. Um I've just had a chat with um uh, uh a friend of mine who's uh head of marketing at a B2B uh uh company uh, and we discussed um for months like how how great their LinkedIn could be 6 months later it's at a place where they don't like and they they try to avoid and um and to me it's such an illustration to your point which is even when somebody has the will to want to 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 turn it into something meaningful, that top-down pressure turns it back to something that just becomes very bland.
0: No, well, fantastic. Thanks for bringing up those points. Um, are there any other, I would say, mistakes or misconceptions you see out there with regards to engagement on LinkedIn? And uh, yeah, if you could talk about those a little bit.
1: Misconceptions about LinkedIn. Do you mean? Do you mean like um, how it's used, or do you mean like how to how to succeed on it?
0: Yeah, it's it's specifically on this topic about LinkedIn engagement. I mean, I know there's a you know there's a couple of gurus out there that are telling people oh sh- you should be doing this on LinkedIn instead of that and uh, like uh, you know just if you could just maybe like I don't know with three to three to five. Or, all right,
1: all right. This is this you wanted controversy, Christian. We're getting it. i uh- <laughs>
0: on, bring it, bring it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so so here 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 are a few things I I, I when when I see on LinkedIn I I can't go <clears throat> I'm not so sure about it, right? The first thing is that um uh, the first narrative I see is engagement doesn't matter. I, I see a lot of people uh, post sometimes, and it's the people who post and don't get an engagement. I think that's like them kind of like going, well, it's fine because right? But they 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 um the narrative goes something like, uh, it doesn't matter if people are um, are clicking like, it doesn't matter if they're commenting on your post um, because I'm still getting business out of it. It's partly true. It's partly true that when you sh- at the very least show up on LinkedIn, you're part of like the 1% of users that are actually creating content. And so you're already standing out. But my argument is that it's if it's not getting engagement, then it's not getting the impression that sh- the impressions that it should be getting. So that's a massively wasted opportunity. Um, and I and it it really uh, irks me when you know it's it's almost like well it's fine we get we get the participation ribbon. It's like why do you want to settle for the participation ribbon when you get like first place when you can get a gold medal right? Let's go for that right. So that's the first thing I say. Is um is is engagement does matter because instead of uh when when you're just posting and you're not getting engagement, it's 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 um one way communication, but when you start getting engagement and you start getting participation from your readers and your audience, now you've got a community and that is very different and that is so much more valuable than you try and just tell them and sell them things. Um, not to not to mention also that it gives you more impressions on your post, so that's that's definitely a bonus. Um, the the second the second thing I, that really irks me is um, the people that try to cheat the system. So, the 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 theory goes if if LinkedIn values engagement on my content, then all I need is a bunch of people to fake engage my content, and I can hack the system. And I have been part of these link (laughs) yes say say it again it was deeper and more more scary (laughs)
0: beware the pods beware the pods the ides of march and the pods
1: (laughs) mostly the pods um but these these pods for 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 any listeners who who don't know what uh, linkedin pods are it's basically a group of people that their only relationship with each other is to like and comment on each other's posts, so that it, in theory, I'm doing air quotes here, boosts your um your your content uh impressions. And from my experience, because I just went in and just to just to you know for for research purposes, but also you know to see what's, what what's up in there. But the engagement that it gives you is meaningless because they go in, they like your post and they leave or they they give a very robotic answer that um, basically just repeats what you said in in your in your in your captions and they leave. And LinkedIn clocks in on that. LinkedIn knows that it came through a link that they saw this thing, did real something really quick and just and just bolted. And that does not at all, you know, help your impressions. Um, in fact, the posts that I, the posts that I leave out of the pods actually do better. Um, and the only way to cheat the system or, or beat the algorithm is actually just to create good content and content that's meaningful and that content that's, uh, rooted in your values and rooted in something that's helpful. So if you want a surefire way to beat the algorithm, well, actually it's, it's actually just to, to do content, do good content. Um, and I think the the last thing that, that irks me is is people that goes, oh, you've got to post every day. That's going to help the, beat the algorithm. And ah, uh, it drives me nuts because I've tried to do it myself, and you've only got so much time and energy per day. And when you spend it all on trying to hit a quantity a quantity of posts, it's exhausting. Um, and you start kicking yourself for missing days, and you're like, "But nobody on the other side is going like, Well, what's what's Anthony up to? Why isn't his post up to date?' Literally, nobody's waiting for this. They, they, it's only yourself that's giving yourself this pressure. And when that pressure comes, it's very similar to um, that top-down pressure that that comes from you know in in the company, and it changes how you create content, and your energy changes, your 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 content changes, and the audience feels it, and you start. For in, in in my case, I start getting less engagement, and my content starts becoming less meaningful. Um, so, you know, I I've done a test uh, where I didn't post for a week, and then I posted something, um, which actually ended up in my top 20 posts of the year. So, if if there's any you know um, uh, doubt that you know this 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 narrative of like you've got to feed the algorithm every day that For me i've proven it myself so um i've got receipts
0: yeah you know that's a really good point i mean that's probably the reason why i wasn't able to sleep last night because um i realized that you hadn't posted on linkedin every day i apologize (laughs) mystery solved but um you know those are some really great points and i mean like you know I've 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 been posting actively on on LinkedIn also since uh, I guess the start of the lockdown, which in, here in Toronto was March twenty twenty, and and I didn't notice that bit about the pods and uh, you know I can't claim credit for this one because there's another um, guest that mentioned it and it, it, it's so true, uh, uh, uh you know to the point about pods there are some people out there that you know come up with really excellent content and they get low engagement or they get maybe eight likes or twelve likes. And then there's other people that put out, to quote him, these absolute nothing burgers, right? And they got 400 likes. <laughs> and uh, and you know there's telltale signs, and I think that was your point. Um, you see the comments, and they're like, oh, absolutely amazing, fantastic, love this, excellent. You know, and it's all this like, like what you said, it's so uh, it's it's just not genuine at all. It's like, okay, well, you had nothing else to contribute to the conversation except to give this post a thumbs up.
1: Yeah, I think I think um when we look at when when we're able to only see the engagement stats on on one side on the outside we yeah. look at and we go oh I wish my post had 400 likes I wish I had a bunch of comments I wish blah 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 blah. Yeah. But the key is to look at those engagement stats along with your impression stats which you don't see. That's the other side. Yes. That's the only okay. the author can see. Right. Um because you can get high engagement and low impressions. And that just means that your content is not relatable to a large large uh, group of people, right? It's right. if you, if you, if you use a pod and you get high engagement, it just means that a lot of people are trying to get you to like their post too. Um, if you get high engagement and low impressions without a pod, it means that you're speaking to your audience, direct audience very well. It could be a post mm. about um, uh, you changing a job or getting a promotion. Um, yeah. Those people are celebrating you. That's also a win. But if you can get the content that's high engagement and high impressions, that means that you're seeing something that is hitting a nerve in the industry or in your, or in your target audience. That's great content. That's the content that we want. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I'm glad you brought up that point because that's such a great segue to the next question, which is about conducting the right research for developing content on LinkedIn. Because you know, to your point, to get that engagement, you have to develop content that is good quality, it's relevant, it's insightful, it's interesting, but you don't develop that out of thin air, I hope. <laughs> it, but talk to us about that. Like, Why is it important to do research?
1: So I'm gonna flip it on its head a little bit because I think that when we think about researching for content, we immediately think about our product, our service, our, uh, our, the pain points of our customers, all these things. But what I'm gonna challenge people to do here is to do two very different types of research. Well, the First is you, your, your company, if you're doing it for yourself, think about yourself. Think about your whys. Why are you in business? Why are you um, offering these services? Why, 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 why this? Like, why, why is there, is there, um, is there a reason why you um, uh, offer a certain product that's different than someone else? Because when you discover your whys, you're going to, your content going to be a lot more rich. It's going to be a lot more relatable and it's going to go into places where your competitors aren't going to go. Uh, I'll give you an example where uh, one of my clients, um, He's a creative director. He has a um uh, a, a creative agency, loads of creative agencies out there. But what he cares about deeply is sustainability. And we are able to go there in, in his content um and uh, and talk about things that um that matter to him and um and talk about his company through that value. And by doing that, it just opens up more conversations about and more content about the values that drive him and his business. So um what that's done for for him is open doors that hasn't, you know, uh been able to open before, uh, been able to talk to other people that uh in the industry that he wanted to collaborate with. Um and it it makes you stand out so much more um because of that. So do that research about your whys and what what makes you tick and what makes you different because you know even for me there's look at you log on to linkedin and there are thousands of supposed linkedin experts uh and you know i'm going i'm 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 in the sea of all that and what makes me different the only thing that'll make me different is my values um and my core so once you map that out you're going to have a a place of confidence that you can go to to go back to creating your content. And that's incredibly important. Um, because without that, you're yeah. going to just continuously try and uh, chase trends or chase um, ways to hack the algorithm, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you when you have that confidence to know why you're telling your story, it, all those things don't matter anymore. Um, the second part of research is actually them, your audience, right? Their whys and their um their reason for for being um and i'm sure there's a lot of these um uh you've done a lot of this already right so you know i'd be surprised and shocked if you're sitting in a marketing position you don't know anything about about your audience but think about also what values uh that crosses over with you um after you've you've uh researched on your why's um because those are going to be very those are going to be the greatest pieces of content you'll ever get is <laughs> when you cross between the core values between um, your audience and yourself. Um, and uh, and yeah, it, it, it just goes back to not second guessing anymore. Um, and that also goes back to our, uh, our, our, what we said in the beginning about creating um, content that's for your audience. If you don't know why they're here for you or why they value you more than your competitors, you're not going to be able to know how to deliver that value to them in your content. So that's important. Um, and yeah, I, I would say, I would say those are, those, those are what I would go into in terms of research.
0: Great points, but now I'm going to play the devil's advocate, right? Because I know that you're probably facing this a lot totally understand where you're coming from in terms of like um, conducting the research so it's uh, it's I, I call it the soul searching so it's like doing uh, the internal the internal research and then the external with the customers but what do you say to those doubters and there's there's a few of them out there that say but Anthony we don't need that kind of research to produce content on LinkedIn right why, why is that why is that so important like we don't understand why you're giving this so much priority well, what do you say to those people?
1: Well, I'll tell you right now. I think there are two camps of people um, and th- it's the same camps of people in, in, in any uh, uh, discipline of marketing or any channels of marketing. There's ones that see LinkedIn in, in let's talk LinkedIn. Uh we, they see LinkedIn as a never ending sales opportunity where they connect with as many people and they DM as many people and they try and get, make the sale. No, I, There's no hate for that. Absolutely not. If that's your hustle, go for it, right? But that doesn't build you a long-term brand. That doesn't, when, when you stop that activity or if you're using ads, when you stop spending on those ads, people, that's when people forget about you and your services and because you're not paying to be there anymore. But when you're talking about values and you're talking about something that's beyond that transactional relationship, it's such an obvious relationship, but it's, it's when you go beyond that. That's when they'll start remembering you. That's when they'll start putting you top of mind. All these wonderful jargons that we we say in marketing that we want to achieve, we achieve that without needing to spend endlessly. Um, that's you know everybody goes back to brands like Nike. You know, I uh, three little words, just do it, it means so much more than. Uh, brand X who does shoes, um, that that will will never remember. Um, that's that's what happens, right? Same with Red Bull. It's like they're an energy drink, but why did they kill off all the other brands when they've embedded themselves and be meaningful in in extreme sports? Uh, people remember that. Um, and I uh, those are values. Those that's that's what it that's that's what it means, right? It's it's beyond. Um, Hey, if you give me money, I'll work for you. Absolutely, man.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Moving on to the next uh, slightly controversial topic. What's your take on B2E influencers? And should companies be using them? And why?
1: Well, I'll tell you the most most incredible use of influencers uh, I've seen on LinkedIn is when Succession uh, was coming back out. And they had LinkedIn influencers go to like a premiere. I'm like, that's genius. That actually makes perfect sense. Um, but beyond that, when we're talking about the day to days, I think that I I think that it's important for uh, companies to work with people with high influence. I think that's helpful because those people have already an audience. Uh, but at the same time, they can't slack on their own. Um, influence because I've seen companies that, um, you, you know, hire uh, uh, brand advocates or uh, brand champions um, and their entire LinkedIn strategy is for that person to succeed and to get a lot of influence. Um, and the problem is that person will leave at some point and they take all of that wonderful influence with them. Um, and you're now stuck at ground zero. Uh, and you have to build this thing all over again. So what I say is, unless if you're a small company with you know uh, a few employees and uh, and you have the energy and the resources to create your company page, do it the, and, er- and earn people's trust through your brand because it's doable. It's possible. Um, look at um, uh, look at DeWalt of all people. They're a, power, they're a power tools company and their LinkedIn is off the chains. If they can do it, you can do it. And they spent, um, it's clear they spent time and they spent resources on, uh, on developing communications with their audience that makes their values pop. It makes, they know why their audience is there. They know why their audience love their products. And they celebrate it through their videos and their, their images. So they can do it. You can do it, too.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's almost sometimes like a like a balancing act. But, uh, you know, to your point, and I'm not sure if this is the right term, but it almost sounds like some companies do it to temporarily inflate their figures, right? Because, um, you, you know, it's, it, it's almost like, um, I hate to say the word hack, but it's like a shortcut to just... You know, it's like it's like expediting uh, the the process a little
1: bit, right? So. Yeah, I you know sometimes it's sometimes it's about um, sometimes it's about just a pat on the back. It it, it comes down to back to purpose because if the purpose is to make the CEO feel feel better about uh, their company or feel like oh hey they can go to a dinner with their friends and go look how many likes this post has gotten, then job yeah. done. But yes. what a waste. What a waste. Exactly. We should be using this platform to be talking to others. We should be using this mm-hmm. platform to be connecting, making real connections with people because it happens. Because this happened. This is this this is this is an example of, of a real connection off LinkedIn. I've never met you in real life. <laughs> I don't know what you look like oh, beyond yeah. this, this oh, screen. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and yeah, yet we are here having... <laughs> <laughs> but but yet but yet here we are having a meaningful conversation about marketing and and LinkedIn and 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 helping people and being and having a mission beyond just selling stuff. Um, that's why we connected, and that's why I'm here. Right. So um, this is a testament to that
0: let's face it, like, you're not going to be best friends with everybody that you connect with on LinkedIn, and I don't think that that's the objective of the exercise either, right? It's to connect with like minded individuals. Um, ex- I, I always talk about, like, exchanging ideas, exchanging perspectives. We may not always have the same perspectives, and that actually makes the conversation even more interesting, right? Because I think if everybody just agrees with everybody, that would also be slightly mundane. <laughs>
1: Agree. But um, but for me, the, the the power of this platform isn't to um uh isn't just a one-off, it isn't just like you know, exchange. It's 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 the it's the idea of showing up and showing up often and being meaningful every time. Yes. Right. And uh that's what you know I I I I kind of slagged off posting every day, but you do consistency is is important right? If you can't do every day, don't kill yourself over it. Try once a week. Start with that. But once you're consistent and every time somebody fires up LinkedIn and they see you and they see your content and they go, oh, that person is insightful or funny or uh, or they get me or there's, oh, I can really relate to this uh, or they solve my problems every single time. And I can't wait for to see that person again. You're on top of mind, right? um absolutely. that's that's the power of it absolutely
0: um and speaking of which um this is a two-pronged question on the topic of personal branding okay so the first question is do you think or well, why is it important to have a personal brand okay. the number two is how can companies leverage um people within the organization who have a personal brand to become advocates
1: okay so i've I'm going to have you. You might have to remind me of this, the, no the the problem. questions again. Okay, so the first one is, um,
0: the, the first one is like, is it why is it important to have a personal brand? Like
1: so I think it's it's funny that we see personal brand as this like, um, uh, this exercise that needs to be done because you're in business. The truth is, we are always working on our personal brand, right? when you pick up a coffee and how you treat the barista that's you that's your personal brand how do you treat people how do you how do you how do you um uh, are you are you are you jovial? are you uh, a jerk? We don't know but that every interaction with people is building your personal brand right and I think that we only gave it a term uh for LinkedIn and for blogging and for digital and for PR. To, to formalize it into into something that we can kind of uh, be tangible as 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 a as a job that we need to do, but the truth is it's actually just just ourselves, right? Um, and so regardless if you want to work on your personal brand or not, you are already doing it, right? You, um, you are you're, you're networking events and you're talking to people. You are talking to clients. You are talking to prospects. That is all working your personal brand and but what linkedin does is that it gives us a place to congregate all of those stories into one place and continue building more influence with it right and so when i go let's say go speak at an event and I make all these great connections that's building on my personal brand in real life but now i'm able to continue those conversations and be meaningful to those people on linkedin and we're building our relationships even further That's, that's what that's about. Um, And so, yes, it's important to do um, personal brand um, because you're already doing it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. No, fantastic. So that's the first question. Then the second question is how organizations, you know, what, what can they do to use people within their company as advocates with personal brand?
1: I think the first and foremost is what we talked about earlier is that top down needs to value it because it's really hard for people, you know, to try and do it themselves and, um, or try and create a program from, from the bottom up. Um, when you try and do from bottom up, which I've tried before you get so far, but it's the people that are the most enthusiastic that will continue it. It doesn't become a, uh, a program or, or, um, uh activity that the entire company can get behind uh so i would say the first is you know if if you're a business leader listening to this is to think about how you empower your employees to to feel free to do this i think that a lot of companies by default um try to limit the use of social media from their employees because we're possibly afraid of what they'll say or what they'll let loose on um but if your company is has a great culture and has great employees and are doing great things wouldn't you want them to shout about it so I would think of ways to incentivize them to to do that um and I would I would just I would just lead by example um as a leader I would start posting things I would want my 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 employees to be posting um and once they while just go hey guys look what I did you guys should be doing the same thing right and now that they have live examples these are not these are not abstract ideas anymore that's like oh, are the the person who's basically signing off our checks he's doing this he's being himself or she's she's you know being fully vulnerable in moments I didn't expect. Um, I'm allowed to do this as well. I'm allowed to be myself because my leaders are doing it. So um, I think that's that's uh, that'd be a great way to incentivize people.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So we get to the point in the conversation where we're talking about actionable tips, and you've given quite a few of them already. But let's just assume that there's somebody out there could be a could be a potential client of yours, could be somebody that genuinely wants to connect with you after listening to this. But what are three to five things that you think people can do right now b2b marketers can do right now to help improve engagement on their content on linkedin
1: okay so i'm going to talk in a personal level i think that i'm going to talk to people that are um that haven't posted yet that are afraid of posting that are sitting here going i think linkedin is important but i i don't know what to do or i see all these loud voices like gary Vaynerchuk, And it's like, I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not Leah Turner. Um, I don't sound like them, um, but I, do I need to sound like them in order to win? The answer is no. And the first, the first uh, practical thing I would say is get over yourself. <laughs> I think that it's, 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 we, we are our worst critics. We're our own worst critics and we talk ourselves into believing that we don't have anything of value to say and th- and that's before we even hit a single key on the keyboard um the good news is is that that kind of mindset isn't is is with everyone on all levels i've talked to cmo's who who say the exact same thing and it's like are you crazy you're you're a le- you're you're in a leadership position you've done it all I would love to hear how you got there. I would love to hear what your lessons are. I would love to know what you ate for lunch. Like, do you do you even eat lunch? I don't know. But those are all, you know, th- those thoughts that um, uh, keep you from, from sharing your experience and keep you from using, uh, or just just telling your story. Those voices are on all levels of, of, um, of career paths. So don't, Don't be, you know, uh, don't don't be too hard on yourself. Um, And the moment you start realizing that uh, you've got actually a lot of value that you can be offering to to anyone, um, I think that's when you realize you've got something to say, your content's going to be great. Um, The second thing I would say is, you know, give yourself permission to be yourself. It sounds silly. It sounds weird. But whenever... People first start doing LinkedIn, we get influenced by um the thought that um the 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 content that we see. So we either have to be as sweary and as loud as Gary Vaynerchuk, or we need to be as prim and proper and we need to put on our suit and tie, and we need to be very stuffy because that's how we talk on LinkedIn. And it's like, no, that's 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 the worst um that's goes back to goes back to uh what we said before it's it's it becomes content about you the content isn't isn't you at all you're not being yourself people connect with um people connect with values people connect with personality and people connect with people um and even when you're creating content for the company when you can create it with personality and it 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 represents the people inside your company and not just this facade that you're trying to portray that's when it becomes powerful that's when it becomes relatable that's why a lot of companies best performing content is when they post a picture of their pizza party so um it's true (laughs) um so give yourself permission to to be yourself loosen up that tie think about how you talk in real life how you conduct yourself so instead of instead of being the business version of you, think about what your casual Friday of you is like and start from there. And I think that'd be uh, a good barometer to, to start loosening yourself a bit and how you conduct yourself. Um, next is, is the what we talk- casual Friday version.
0: Sorry, the casual Friday version of you minus the swearing, right? Like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, um, some of the best content I've seen uh, in January is people flipping the bird. So <laughs> there's no, okay. there are no rules. There are no rules. Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk swears a lot and he's yes. fine. He's doing just fine. Um, oh. It's down to you and your values. If you don't swear, don't swear. Don't, don't feel like you have to, right? Yeah. Um, if you swear, like, well, you know, pace yourself. Don't use every single word, but <laughs> use it for effect. Yeah, but, but honestly, it's about knowing, it's about giving yourself permission to, to fully express yourself, right? And once you're able to let loose, it feels so different behind the keyboard. We talked about um, understanding our audience, understanding our story. That's key as well. That's, you know, spend time in it. It's like when I start working with my clients, I start with what I call a starter kit. And it's like an eight, there's eight questions I give them and it goes to like, well, why did you start your business? Um, What do you value beyond just work? And then we start asking questions about their audience. Why do they come to you and not someone else? Why do they love you more than someone else? And we start discovering um, the layers beyond that transactional bit. Uh, A lot of it is going to be feel instinctual and you're going to look at those questions like, okay, but I know this, but why, are you asking me it's because if you don't write it down you'll you and and you don't map it out you won't go back to it and you will always go back it's it's um there's no plan and there's no strategy and there's no story that you ingrained in your head and so that document for me is so incredibly important when I'm working uh with my clients to create content because they'll start talking about something else and they'll be like well does it reflect back to on the starter kit and the questions that we have here, because if it doesn't, then we We should think twice before we, we post this. But if we do find a way, oh my goodness, there there are ways that you can talk about winning new clients or winning new work that goes back into your company values, that goes back to your personal values. It's so much more rich and it's so much more meaningful and it gets so much more engagement. Fantastic. And um, one last thing, one, one yeah. last, one last thing I would say is, um, i uh, is is that i think by default when we first start thinking about linkedin we think about really long content it's like i need to do a video i need to type like thought leadership or something um and i feel like thought leadership is is meaningless without examples of it being in action so think about um you know if you're in the company, think about the events that you put on. Think about the the places that you're going to be a part of the community or to enrich the community. If you're doing it for yourself, think about these personal things that you do. Um, people that you meet up with, leaders that um you, you have just had a coffee with, um, learnings that you just had from 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 uh, from an event. Um, but uh but but show how active you are in the community because being part of a uh, contributing part of community is just as important, if not more important than showing that you're a thought leader. There can only be a few thought leaders, um, but then then some of those can be faked, but you can't fake the fact that you're within the community and you're part of it.
0: Fantastic advice, man, fantastic advice. So I've just been furiously taking notes while you are talking. So let me see if I can recap this quickly. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to make you spit, spit your water out there. It's all right.
1: What's What's a podcast without a spit take?
0: Right. So let me see. Get over yourself. Okay. Remove that self doubt, and then the second one is be yourself. So like, um, you know, just the way, write the way that you talk in real life, and uh, depending on what kind of person you are, that that may be a good or a bad thing. Um, understanding your audience, I think, is key. I mean, that that, that is so. uh you. You know we can't we can't repeat that enough right That you have to know mm-hmm. what you're writing this for and and then the fourth one is um showing how active you are in the community versus trying to like obsess around the whole concept of thought leadership i hope i capture that correctly
1: yeah that's that's exactly it all right yeah
0: fantastic fantastic all right my friend here comes the bonus question so buckle up <clears throat> So let's say like you know we wrap up this interview and you're about to head home and then suddenly you get a call on your phone. And then the guy's like, "Hello, is this Anthony Liang?" It's like, "No, oh, well, this is Anthony Lung But how can I help you?" "Oh, uh Anthony hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: <laughs> You know the pains? Um,
0: I I I do. I do, believe me." So and then the guy on the other line says, "Hey Anthony, this is Ryan Roslansky. Right. And you probably know who that is. So, you know, I've been following your content on LinkedIn. Right. So it's, you know, for for context, uh, you know, for the audience out there, Ryan Roslansky is the current LinkedIn CEO. Right. So let's say that Ryan Roslansky calls you and says, hey, I've been following you on LinkedIn. Love your love your work. I'd like you to come in and, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to like for a day just hand you. Hand you over the reins and give you the power to make one change on LinkedIn, just one. So here comes the question. If you were given that power to change one thing on LinkedIn, what would that change be and why? That's
1: such a fascinating question. Such a fascinating question. Um, And it's fascinating even more for me because uh, I've, I've had opportunities to uh, possibly work for, let's say, the platforms, right? The Facebooks and the Twitters and stuff. But I've always shied away from it because I would rather use the platform to be storytelling and to be connecting with people. And to, uh, and, and that to me is more interesting um, than the platform itself. And so... Uh, cause, cause I always think like Twitter can go down, Facebook can go down, LinkedIn will never go down. It's been around for 20 plus years. It'll never go down. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, so, so that's interesting to, the interesting question to me, because it's like, what is it, what's, what's one thing I would change that makes storytelling and genuine connections easier is what my brain is trying to tell me. It's like, well, what is that one thing? I know there are things that distract us. I would like to take away like um, those verification badges. Who needs those? <laughs> Nobody needs those. Why are you putting it out there? Um, there are um, uh, top voice badges. People with top voice badges, you know, are they earn it by contributing to certain amounts of LinkedIn articles that LinkedIn tries to distribute. And it doesn't actually mean you're a top voice. It just means you've done a few articles. Um, And I feel like we get distracted by these things. Um, And we try to chase these things because we feel like we, that's how we feel like we're making progress. And so I guess the change that I would like to see, the change I would like to see actually is a bit like the TikTok algorithm. I think that as much as we, um, uh, as, as much as TikTok is talked about, the great thing about how they treat content is that it's not about how many followers you have. It's not about um, uh, how much money you put into it. The organic content comes down to, it, well, is it, is it engaging? Are people watching it? Because if it is, I'll give it to more people. And if LinkedIn can do that better, I think that we'll start seeing more of I don't I don't want to say because the term for me right now is that comes to mind is like a micro influencer, but that's not right. But we'll will enable people with genuine thoughts, actual thought leaders that aren't fussed about getting the most likes or getting the most comments, but that content starts distributing around to people that need it they start get, they start giving the little guys with big ideas a chance to shine more than people with millions of followers that's what i would like to see
0: it's a really interesting one that's a really interesting one you're absolutely right there I, I i guess like a lot of platforms right Like this is not necessarily unique to linkedin but there are so many distractions on the platform that, that somehow deviate from its original purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I suppose we understand like the, like the things you talked about, like the badges. I mean, I, I I think they're well intentioned, but to your point, I think it's leading people down this this path which may not necessarily be right. But
1: yeah, Fantastic. a lot a lot of these dis- yeah. a lot of these dis- a lot of these distractions are quantifiable. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is we go back to the the the, the things that irk me, right? Like things like you gotta post every day, you've got to comment on everybody's comments, right? These are all yeah. quantifiable actions. Um, yes. and I think that's why it gets preached a lot is because they can go, well, you're not doing well because you didn't post every day. Um, or someone else can go, oh, I can post every day, I can do that, right? But the truth is the hard work of understanding. Your, your story, your values, yeah. and your relationship with the audience, you unlock that, that's going to beat any algorithm. I don't care if you're on TikTok. I don't care if you're on Facebook in 1995. It's the same thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, Anthony, this is such a great conversation as expected. So thank you again for coming on and uh, sharing your slightly controversial insights and uh, expertise with the listeners. <laughs> So please, quick intro to yourself and how folks out there can get in touch with you.
1: Yeah, uh, my name is Anthony Leung, Uh, and I help uh, you make LinkedIn finally work for your business. So I, I work with companies as well as business leaders uh, to uh, make the most of LinkedIn through discovering their voice on LinkedIn. And yeah. I, yeah, find, you'd be shocked to know that you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, crazy, crazy. <laughs> but, but uh if you if you search for uh mean right hook, that's M-E-A-N, W-R-I-T-E, uh H-O-O-K, uh, you'll find uh you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um you'll find also my company page, but hit, hit me up, hit my personal page up. Um, send me a DM. Don't be shy. Uh, in fact, if you send me a DM, I'll send you the uh, the starter kit that um, I send all my clients. Uh, it's the first thing we do. And that will, you know, I've, I've sent to other people where it's unlocked their thinking about how to uh, how to storytell their their story on LinkedIn. So I hope it's helpful to you too as well.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for that. Uh, what's the story, though, with the mean right hook?
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. So I have two loves. Um, At least 10 years ago when I came up with the name, (laughs) Um, I have I had a love for mixed martial arts, a bit of bit of uh, organized violence and (laughs) uh, and good puns. And so um, when I had to think of a name for and, and wanted to do start my own business like over a decade ago, I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. It, you, you give a me right hook, and it's me right hook because I I, all, I firmly believe that regardless of,, um, regardless of if it's a movie, a book, uh, a TV show, a poster, a, a LinkedIn post, um, it all starts with good writing it all starts with good intentions and it all starts with good storytelling. And that's why you give giving me right hook.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Once again, it was a pleasure. Thanks for your time. Take care, stay safe. And um, I look forward to catching up when you finally make it over to uh, Toronto at some point.
1: Absolutely, man. I, I, I am jonesing for, for a proper double double.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B marketers on a mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at co, and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.